the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. afternoon we made it to thursday that means paula is live in studio with me i am pastor ron arbaugh from calvary chapel in san antonio texas and you're listening to the word to stand on for life a radio program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your bible questions on thursday we take other kinds of questions as well so whatever's on your heart and mind ladies especially for you we set this day aside if you need any encouragement or have any questions for paula you can dial 210-340-9585 that's 340-9585. You can also call us toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app and send the questions directly to us that way. If you are driving in your car, we just had a micro burst of rain here and it didn't last long, but boy, it poured a lot. Be safe. Use the free KSLR mobile app. Hit call now and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. One more time, 340-9585. Paula, welcome to the program. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you for inviting me those many years ago. And you just keep on letting me come over here. So God bless you. You look really good today. What does that mean? I didn't really look good yesterday? See, that's how we do. I know that's what what we're going to talk about. Here's what you do. Okay. Thank you. You know it. Thank you, baby. (laughs) (laughs) What's on your heart today? Well, you know, my new word, and I shared this with the ladies on Monday. Did I talk about this last week? I don't know. But it's reboot. And so, and and yesterday and and Monday, the Lord kind of gave me a, a good picture while the radio program has been going, all of a sudden, right when you get to the meaty part of an answer at home, just since this Monday, but I think it has to do with the weather, it would go, I'm going to make a ugly noise, like that. It's the devil. I'm sure it is. <laughs> but the, so The prince of the air. Mm-hmm. So I started texting your in-studio here producer and letting him know that that was going on. And so um, Sam let me know, you need to move the radio. So I unplugged the radio and moved it to a different part of the house and plugged it in. And on Monday, that worked. Yesterday, doing the same thing, I had to unplug it and change location in our home three times. So it was kind of giving me, the Lord kind of gave me a picture of that's how... That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about rebooting, because every time I would unplug it, move, and plug it into a better outlet, it worked. So um, maybe I can kind of explain, like Naomi. Naomi, you know, her husband took her from uh, Jerusalem and went to uh, Moab. They got unplugged. (laughs) They were unplugged from where they should have been, and, you know, Poor Naomi, I mean, I think that means beautiful or pleasant or something like that. She um, 
in a place where they weren't supposed to be. She loses not only her husband, but both of her sons. And she come, then she hears, you know, that, that, that the Lord is feeding his people again. And so she's going to come back. You get where I'm going, Pastor Ron? Yeah, here's something to think about, though. Okay. When she was unplugged, she was Mara. She got to be Mara, bitter. That's what she tells the people when she goes back. Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Lord has. And, and you know, that's what we do. We blame the Lord for our being away from him. She, I mean, she didn't have a choice. Her husband is the one who took her over there. Um, but she became bitter because she was unplugged from the source of joy and peace um, and happiness. And so um, she goes back, and this is the reboot. She gets rebooted in Jesus in the place where she's supposed to be. Yes, she's without her husband and her and her sons, but um, Ruth is with her, and Ruth is better than husband and the, the two boys because... Ruth is saying, where you go, I'll go. Your God will be my God. So she is now Naomi, Tamara, but now she's back to Naomi. And she's remembering all the things that she knew were true. And now she's turning and teaching to Ruth. And so I'm just kind of developing these scenarios because that's going to be, I'm going to do a women's retreat. And it's going to be titled Reboot because I've been asked to do one next year. So I have plenty of time to, <laughs> to put this thing together. And they told me for, for me to pick the theme and to teach what I want, there you go. Okay, we've got a call on the line. Before we go to the call, real quickly, why don't you tell the ladies about our luncheon this weekend? Okay, yes. Um, our annual women's luncheon is here at Calvary Chapel San Antonio. 2935 Pat Booker Road. Um, you, you can't miss it. It's in the little strip center in the corner. And um, it's from 10.30 a.m. until 2.30. Um, the cost is $20 for a very uh, nice lunch and some little gifts. That, well, it's probably not But if you want to come and you can't pay, it's okay. We'll take care of it. That's right. Just tell them you're Paula's guest. That's, that's exactly right. And if you don't know who I am, ask anybody. She's the crazy one. They'll bring you right to me. But it's um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And how should they dress? However they want to. I mean, just be modest. But you can dress up and be fancy if you want to. Some ladies like that. Some will have on shorts and a nice top. Some will have on slacks and a nice top. Dress however you're comfortable. Yeah. We'd just like you to be here. Mm-hmm. 340-9585. Let's go to San Antonio and talk with Cynthia on line one. Cynthia, thanks for holding. You're on the air. Hello. Good afternoon. Hi. Hi. I have a, hi. I have been a Christian all of my life, working in the church. haven't always practiced um, appropriately. But I met someone and... A gentleman and we had an inappropriate relationship mm-hmm. obviously I knew it was wrong and I actually apologized to him and said that I could not um, go there anymore and after that I found out he was not a Christian so I felt very very badly about not only because I knew it was wrong, but now I lost my witness with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he still wants to be friends, um, but now I, I just I don't know what to do because I I feel responsible. He and I have talked about being a Christian, and he let me know he was not. So I feel like I really let God down in that situation um, in a worse way. Yeah. 
I know, I know the feeling, Cynthia. I know how the devil works, so please hear our hearts on this. And I'll start with just one verse, and I want you to really let this hit your heart, and then I'll, I'll turn it over to Paula. Um, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, it's Romans 8.1. And if you have told the Lord how sorry you are, and, and that's, that's obvious to anybody listening to this program, um, you know what? He's forgiven you. And he doesn't need you to be um, his witness. Um, but even in your repentance, you can be. Now, Paula, I wouldn't advise being friends with this man. But um, what do you think? Yeah, I would, Cynthia, your witness now. Um, and here's my theme, rebooting. Uh, you can now say, you know what? I really did make a mistake. Um, you, and you've already asked for forgiveness. But my witness is now. Yeah. You know what? I knew it was wrong the first time. It's still wrong. And so I am not supposed to be um, unequally yoked in any way, shape, or form. And so um, it's impossible to be friends with this man now apart from him becoming a Christian um, because that pressure to, for you especially, um, to go that same route again will be ever increased. And so your witness now is to say, I blew it once. I'm not going back there. And so um, you, that's the way you can let him know that, you know, your your relationship with Jesus really is a serious one. Yeah, and Cynthia, he wouldn't understand that. And I think that's where the witness comes in when you demonstrate to him that that um, um, being faithful to him now means more to me yeah. than being nice to you. Mm-hmm. I want you to understand what I did was wrong. Mm-hmm. What you were doing is wrong. But but now I love Jesus. He's forgiven me. And uh, if you ask him, he'll forgive you. But believe me, God will have people around him. He, he doesn't need you to be the one to go with him. So protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things, Paula, that I think um, we, we have to understand. You know, Cynthia says she works in the church, uh, been saved her whole life. Uh, but but if we don't stay close to Jesus, we're going to, at the time when our guard is down, we're going to find ourselves in a compromised position. And there's always consequences. In this case, uh, for you, Cynthia, um, the, 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 the sin has occurred. Um, now First John 1, 9 ought to be um, tattooed in your brain. If you confess your sins, he, God, is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and purify you from all unrighteousness. And then walk like you're purified. Walk like that yes. sin is forgiven and forgotten. And in the process, enjoy the presence of the Lord. Um, be on guard to be sure that you don't stumble again. Yes. I'll be praying for you, Cynthia. Does that help? Yes, tremendously. Thank you so much. I've just been feeling so distraught about it, yeah. you know, yeah. because I'm yeah. the one that was supposed to try to, you know, try to be an example to others, and I was mm-hmm. not. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that so is kind of one of the... Yes. You're, You're welcome, welcome, Cynthia. That's that is kind of one of the main reasons why we tell um, the ladies here. You know what? You don't need to be um, witnessing or ministering to males. You know, we should just really focus on helping the ladies and and turn the men over. I have lots of men come to me, but it's usually in a church setting, so there's always eyes looking towards me, and I can always um, just call on any one of our guys as pastors are always watching me and so i'm like uh hello you guys come over here you talk to him and or what i do is turn the guy over to one of our our gentlemen saying you know you're talking about things that you and i don't need to be discussing and so let me turn you over to a gentleman because we want to protect the witness and so you know jesus knew all about this before you did cynthia and he's not shocked or disappointed um mad at you in any way shape or form he wants to now use this he tested your heart and and, you know we fail but he 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 knows the future and i don't think you'll ever be in this position again so you learned the lesson so let's move on yeah you know paul i like to tell people look you felt bad enough to repent yeah so you don't have to feel bad any longer there you go 
it's done, it's over. Yeah. Now connect with Jesus, reboot. Yeah. Connect with Jesus mm-hmm. and enjoy his presence. Yeah. Yeah. And and in and when you're sharing his presence with a whole bunch of guilt and condemnation, mm-hmm. it's impossible to enjoy him. Mm-hmm. So just put it behind you because what you did is right now as far from you as east is from west and you never have to worry about it again. Thank you for being so candid and honest, mm-hmm. Cynthia, and doing what, what what I find Paula men have a hard time doing, owning our sin. Mm-hmm. I knew it was wrong. I did it anyway. I've been feeling horrible about it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Men have a hard time saying that. I don't know why it's that way, but we men have a really hard time saying, boy, I blew it. Mm -hmm. God, I'm so sorry. Um, So way to man up, Cynthia. Yeah. (laughs) Way to go, girl. Yeah. (laughs) 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Paula? Yeah. So in my rebooting theme that I'm, you know, and I'm sucking energy out of you, Pastor Rob, because, yeah. you know, you'll straighten me out if I say something. Yeah. You need to apologize to the audience for working out your study <laughs> with them. <laughs> oh, no. But, okay, so, you know, Naomi was in a place where she really didn't have much of a choice. She just, she went there with her family, you know, and so she's back, and that's because God let her know that people are being fed again. So, but then you think about the prodigal son, you know, he was just worldly and not really compassionate towards his dad at all. Give me my stuff. I want to go live the way I want to. And, you know, give me my money now. And so he goes on out there. And I think that's what parents really should do. Um, that's what Jesus does. You know, he let the, the, the rich young ruler go in and walk away. You know, he doesn't run after him and say, no, mijo, mija, you know, I don't want you to do that. It's not good for you. He said, okay, here's your stuff. You're going to find out that being out there in the world isn't all it's cracked up to be. And when you come back, and this be, this is my interpretation, you know, just pray that I don't say, didn't I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> you should have listened to me. That's the flesh, Paul, oh, not I the know. spirit. I know, I know. It's still there. And I told those ladies Monday night, I still got a lot of flesh. And like the Apostle Paul, Paul says, you know, I beat my flesh so that after I've talked to others, I will not myself be disqualified. Well, anyway, his prodigal son, he goes out there and he spends his little bit of money, and it probably wasn't a little bit, on riotous living. And when he comes to his senses... He gets up and he's writing his speech and he's practicing how he can come home. Yeah, I like the King James when he came to his own mind. Came to his own a mind, mind not controlled by the world, the flesh, or the devil. Yeah, yeah. He got up and you know what he said, Pastor Ron? I'm gonna listen to Mama Paula. I'm gonna reboot. I'm gonna go home to my. <laughs> I'm gonna go right on home to my dad and ask him, "Can I plug in again? You know, can I plug in again?" And he was so humbled. He didn't want to. He, he, you know, he didn't expect any great thing. He just said, you know, I'll, I'll be with the servants. Just let me come back. And just like with Cynthia, when, when Jesus restores us, he doesn't say, you're now a second-class citizen. Or you're on probation. Or you're on probation, that's right. No, you're in full right standing because you have decided to reboot, to come home again and live like you're a child of the Father. Once again, and so in that case, um, the prodigal is now rebooted. Yeah, the father was so happy, you know, he ran out there, and when he saw him, and same thing with you, Cynthia, the minute you said, oh, I'm so sorry, the Lord was right there saying, oh, I know you are, baby, it's going to be okay. And so with this prodigal, um, the father runs out there and he says, bring the fatted calf, get, put the robe on him, give him fingers, a ring for his fingers, the sandals for his feet. He's just right back in right standing. And so um, so that's one of my other studies that I will be working on, Pastor Ron. Okay, we got to figure out how the other son's going to get rebooted. Yeah, the other son needs to get rebooted. He had some issues, didn't he? He did, he did. <laughs> no calls. Okay, so, and then, okay, we have a call? Yes. We'll take a call right now, and in a, in oh, a minute. Philip on, oh, we got two calls, I guess. Philip on line one. Philip, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, yes, Pastor Ron. I have a question for you. Uh, is gambling illegal uh, to be able to go and just uh, put money down, win some money off of it? Uh, I have a coworker that won uh, quite a bit of money 
on gambling, and I was just curious, is that illegal to go to, like, an Indian reservation or something like that, wherever he went, and be able to, to – because that's all I had to ask. I'll listen yeah. to you on the radio, and I appreciate it. Bye. Thank you, Philip. Uh, it is not illegal. If it was illegal, uh, those reservation casinos that are now proliferating all over our country wouldn't be there. It's certainly not wise. Um, you know, this is an area, Philip, uh, that we, we have to be careful. We, we have a tendency to condemn things that the Bible doesn't condemn. And nowhere does the Bible say, thou shalt not gamble, or if you gamble, it's a sin. Uh, it's it's uh, maybe at times compromising our witness. Uh, but but these are matters of conscience. Romans 14, 23 says, anything not of faith is sin. And if your friend goes to a legal gambling establishment um, and, and wins some money, uh, then it's not possible for us to say that he is in sin. What we always have to consider, Philip, when we're dealing with issues like this, is the motive behind the gambling. Well, we know that um, trying to get rich quick uh, comes from, from being greedy or covetous, lusting after the money uh, this world has. Uh, if that's the motive, then then it would enter that area of Romans fourteen twenty three, where it says that then it becomes sinful. But it is not sinful for um, Christians to play the lottery. It's not wise, certainly, but it's not a sin. It's not sinful for, for Christians to play in card games or, or uh, 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 go to casinos. Um, is it wise? That's between them and the Lord. But we've got to be careful not condemning something just because we think that it violates uh, what should be in the Bible but isn't in the Bible. So uh, he didn't sin. Um, but ask him why. What, what was your motive? It was just a weekend, have some fun, and you hit the jackpot. Praise the Lord. Share some of your winnings with the Lord. But if not, then um, then we give him grace because that's exactly what the Lord does with us. You know, Paula, on this matter of gambling, I had somebody not too long ago come to me and said, Pastor Ron, I have a question. If somebody hit the lottery and and they won a bunch of money and they gave the church like a million dollars would you take money from ill-gotten gains i said in a minute i would take it quicker than you could say yes why because we can take what was the world's and turn it into that which glorifies god um and you know i know there are people say well you just should refuse it now i don't see anywhere in the bible where it says we should do that um for those people and this is for your friend philip but but anybody those people who have issues with gambling, you need to stay away from it. It once held you captive. I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, stay away from it. I can't remember the last time I made a bet on anything, and yet uh, it was my gambling habit that, that brought me to my knees and got me to a place where, where I, I came to Jesus. I'm almost grateful for it. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there's no reason to go revisit the old life of the past any longer. Yeah. You know, my rebooting process was getting plugged into Jesus instead of plugging in to the other things that brought me moments of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you, decades. Yeah, you moments of pleasure yeah. and us starvation <laughs> and, and losing everything, losing our home. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, literally decades of yeah. pain. Because, you know, Philip, for your friend, if this was the first time that he went and he won, the devil will use that as a, a hook. You know, and we live that already. And um, just warn him that just because you won this one time, that's what they're counting on is for you to come back so they can get all of what you won plus. Because it's it's addicting. And so tell him to be wise. So that's all I have to say about that. Hope that helps, Philip. You know, uh, just for those wondering, gambling was never addicting for me. I just really liked it. Mm. You know, you, you get to the place where you think, well, I'm a, an addict. I can't help myself. I could help myself anytime I wanted to. I didn't want to. And that's the insanity of sin. That which is destroying you, you embrace. Mm. And you do so at the expense of people that love you and depend on you. Um, you know, I've always made a lot of jokes about uh, our kind of little tacky church here. Um, we have so many people, we just can't fit them into this little tiny space, and it's tacky, and it's all of this. You know, if I had never gambled, I could have bought a huge 
church building. I forgive you again. <laughs> That's just the way it is. Paula, we've got two minutes, so let's get started before we go on the other side of the break. Oh, okay. Okay, so let me see one more that I was going to... Oh, I have two more, actually. Okay, so Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, he knew all about God, but this was a proud guy, a super proud guy. You know, when you give the altar calls, Pastor Ron, just like you're saying, men don't know or won't say, won't own up to their sin and say they're sorry. Well, Nebuchadnezzar is in that group, I think. And so the Lord had to say, okay, you're not going to listen to me and you think you're all that? I'm going to have to humble you for what, seven years? Long talons, all hunched over, eating, like eating a grass like an animal. Mm-hmm. Until he came to his right mind, and then he rebooted, and, and what did he say? God is God. Yeah. yeah. You know, Paula, I think Nebuchadnezzar will be one of the most interesting people in heaven to mm. talk to. Mm. A, a man so vicious, so vile, so powerful. And, and so humbled by the hand of God. Well, Paula, we have 30 minutes left. 340-9585. If you have any questions or you need encouragement from Paula, 340-9585. You're listening to the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand Up for Life. We'll be back in two minutes. the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the show 340-9585 we've got a phone call and a question that was just sent in based on the conversation we had let's go to san antonio and talk with raul on line one raul thanks for calling you're on the air yes sir thank you pastor i needed to hmm? ask you something about uh, tattoos, concerning tattoos. Uh, my my boy wants to get a tattoo, and I'm having a hard time. Uh, I just don't know what to say or tell him. I do know that it talks in the book of Genesis about, against tattoos, but that's all I have. Can you help me out here? I'm not trying to be religious or a mean parent, yeah. but if you can please help me out. Yeah. Can you tell me how old your son is? Uh, 16, 17. Going on, uh, well, first Okay. I, I thought you were going to say going on 35. <laughs> Thank you, Raul. I can do that. Uh, <clears throat> the only place tattoo is mentioned in the English translations of the Bible is in Leviticus chapter 19. Uh, but, but it's a completely different context for tattoos, and it has nothing whatsoever to do with what we call body art form of tattoos. These were tattoos, cutting of the skin, um, drawing blood in the worship of false gods. Um, that was it's oh, the cutting is always demonic at its source and and when you find somebody who's cutting um, there, there's always a demonic presence now having said that relative to tattoos the Bible doesn't say anything at all about tattoos as we understand tattoos the word is in Leviticus but remember the law was given to Israel the law wasn't given to us and if somebody will study and take a close look it doesn't say anything at all uh, about tattoos as we understand tattoos. Now, Raul, I'm going to give you two pieces of advice. One, let your son know that Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 is in his Bible. <laughs> Children, obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. And and he is not excluded from that. Um, the other thing is, when people come to me talking about tattoos, uh, my general rule of life is don't do anything permanent to your body till you're 40. Uh, I have a son, uh, one of two. We have two sons, but one of them is heavily tatted. Um, his tattoo started when he was 18. Um, he was on his own. We couldn't say anything about it. Uh, now he is 45 years of age and truly, honestly regrets the tattoos that he had. So um, um, I wouldn't tell your son that it's against the Bible because it's not. But I would tell him that until he's old enough to do two things. First of all, make his own decision. And second, pay for it. 
then um, you're not going to permit a tattoo while he's in your home. Uh, once he's out, then he'll make the decisions and do all of that. If, as a parent, uh, and I think this would be an unusual situation, Raul, but if, as a parent, you feel led to say, okay, if you want a tattoo, get something, then be very, very discriminating about the type of tattoo you get. Uh, if your son is a believer, and you are, you're listening to this program, so that's my assumption. If your son is a believer and wants to do something that will honor the Lord, something that might help him witness to others, then as a parent, I would think, okay, well, maybe maybe that's okay to do. But remember, you're his dad. I, I don't know him, and these are decisions. If your son is mature enough to make a decision um, and, and to make a wise decision, uh, knowing that this can't be undone, it can't be reversed, well, then then that's between the two of you. If, if you have the freedom to follow the leading of the Lord. But if your son is like most 16-year-olds, uh, he's not ready to do anything permanent to his body. He's not ready to make good choices. Uh, I would sit down and talk with him about his motive for wanting a tattoo. Um, I would ask him if he was a believer to consider Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 and prayerfully go to the Lord and uh, and then as a family you can make a decision uh, it's just hard for me Paula to, uh, to um, believe that a 16 year old who sees people all tatted up it's hard for me to believe that that young men that age are mature enough to make that choice. We have some kids in our church that, that I believe with all my heart are completely mature enough to do that. But but they're rare and and uh, most kids don't fit in that category. You want to add anything? Mm-hmm. only thing I would say, Raul, is we have found this to be the case, not in just sixteen year olds, but a little a little uh, older as well. Don't put their present-day girlfriend's name on there. (laughs) That has turned into horrible anyway. So I'm sure that's not the case, but yeah, just be wise. Yeah, tattoos are expensive. (laughs) Yeah. We had had several, in fact, tattoo artists in our church, and the the work they do for other people, I I just tell them, okay, so how much is something like that? Mm -hmm. And we're talking thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know what else, Paula? Tattoos that don't cost thousands of dollars? (laughs) They look like like they didn't cost much money. (laughs) So it's just... I could do it, right? It's just one of those things where they misspell words. You know, it's just... So, uh, Roel, again, this is a family decision. Um... My 16-year-old would not be permitted to get a tattoo no. just because I think that's too young to do something permanent. But don't blame it on the Bible. Use this as an opportunity to lead him uh, into a place where he can be content going to the Lord and letting the Lord lead and guide. Now, if he comes back to you and says, well, I prayed about it, God says, okay, say, well, God hasn't told me that yet, yeah, yeah. and I'm the dad. Yeah, maybe when you're 18, maybe. Can you be patient enough? Can you honor me long enough to be patient um, and let's see what his response is and if he's immature by it then you just have to say now that's not it it's not happening yeah but don't don't use Leviticus yeah. 19 I think it's verse 8 yeah. don't use Leviticus um, to to uh, to say well God says you can't do it yeah. uh, because that would demonstrate that you really don't know what Leviticus 19 is talking about. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Here's the question that came in as we were talking uh, earlier, Paula, from our email inbox from Thomas. Okay. Uh, this is a question for a dead man, and since you knew him, I don't need the witch of Endor. Thomas has a sense of humor. Pastor Ron, in your BC years before Christ, you said that you treated. Mama Paula, really badly. My question is, since you hated her, so why didn't you divorce her? I know you'll say you didn't hate her, but your behavior tells a different story. And then in parentheses, I'm just curious. Thomas, I, 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 I love the discernment. I, I, I didn't hate Paula at all. I hated me, and she bore the brunt of that hate. Um, however, my behavior toward her would certainly make her feel like I hated her. Um, like she was not 
satisfying to me or, or, or enough for me. And those things, in retrospect, aren't true. Uh, I was selfish. I was a jerk. I wanted only what benefited me. I wanted everybody around me to want only what benefited me. I wanted uh, Paula and anybody else that was important to me to, 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 to vindicate the things and the decisions that I made. I wanted their unconditional support, uh, even when I was behaving uh, like an insane man would. So, yeah, I treated her really badly. I was unkind. No, there was no ever any physical abuse. Um, but uh, I worked um, uh, 100-plus-hour weeks, uh, in large part just because that was where I was, I was good and where I was validated. Um, uh, I used work as an excuse not to be with my family. Um, uh, and, and I was just a jerk. When I came home from those long, long days, I didn't want to talk. Uh, I just wanted to sit down in front of the TV and veg. And um, um, Paula was really all alone. She was basically a single mom with a husband paying the bills. And um, none of that was born out of my hatred for her uh, because that wasn't the, the, the problem, Thomas. I hated me. And if I would have admitted that to myself, I would have lost all hope. And who knows what would have happened um, the, the enemy was always there. Paul and he was always uh, trying to destroy. Um, I think God told the devil a bunch of times, hands off. You can go this far and no farther. And uh, that's why I'm here today, that and your witness for the Lord. You want to add anything at all? Mm, no. I, just, okay. I was just thinking of um, that's a good good counseling um, when I'm talking to the the wife who's getting the brunt of that man's disgust in himself, you know, she's just like we listened with Judy on the radio the other day. That's where she is. That's where she's living. She's got this man who's angry and it's getting worse for her. Um, and it's probably because he hates himself, but he doesn't want to look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And so Judy's getting the brunt of all of that. Yeah. yeah. For a little ray of hope for anybody suffering being married to a jerk, uh, the worse I got, the closer to Jesus I came. Yeah. Uh, and and I know that's not a lot. <laughs> you mean it can get worse? Mm -hmm. It really can get worse, yeah. and it did. It was the but, darkest before the dawn. Yeah. It really, really was. And I was, I, I, just for anybody out there who might be losing hope, um, I, w I began losing hope, and um, I think it's Romans fifteen thirteen says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing as you trust, um, that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so um, it was one of those things where the darker you got and the worse things got as well for you getting closer to Jesus. It also forced me to get closer to Jesus. That's when I could really hear him say, one more day, <laughs> or, or I, I've got you, you know. You know I love you, Paula. So just hang in there. And so I hope, especially for people like Judy. Yeah, and if you're fairly new to this program, Paula lived that for 13 years after she got saved. For 13 years, she waited, uh, hoping against hope, um, listening to people tell her to divorce me, leave me. People that love me, my mom. Um, uh, and yet she just trusted. The Lord said, I got this. I got you. Mm -hmm. And it had to be enough for you, Paula, that Jesus had you. No man, just Jesus. Just Jesus. And, and uh, you had to learn that that was going to be okay. As yeah. painful as it was, you had to learn that that was okay. And for the longest time, he did not even uh, encourage me that you were going to be saved. You know, it's, it's, it's not like when he called the apostles that you were talking about the other day. It's not like he said, you know, if you leave everything, boy, I got something good for you. <laughs> he did not tell me that. He just, yeah, yeah, winking at me. <laughs> he just said, you know, you are bought at a price. You are not your own. You're bought at a price. And can I use you? Yeah. Do this for me. Yeah. 
to win him to Christ. And, and after a while, it was one of those things, well, maybe you'll get saved after we're divorced. That would be horrible. I mean, those thoughts would come. Um, but, yeah, the Lord said, wait, don't go there yet. <laughs> Hold on. You know, do you think, Paul, and I don't know the answer to this. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I don't know the answer to this, but um, I, I think probably the first time God gave you an indication that I was going to be saved mm -hmm. was in one of those real moments of despair when you said, Lord, how much lower does he have to go? Mm -hmm. And the Lord's response, and you have all this in your journal, mm -hmm. uh, the Lord's response was lower, lower still. still. That was about uh, 10 or 11 years into the 13. But at that point, well, he's going to save him lower still. Mm -hmm. That's how far he's got to go. But but see, there's always hope that's there's always provided. Hope. Yeah. And I remember telling our boys at that time, I think this might be the year your dad gets saved. I remember that so clearly. This might be the year your dad gets saved because the Lord had given me that, that word kind of of encouragement. Don't give up. You know, I'm doing something. So, yeah, you're right. So It's hard to imagine at that point I could go any lower, though, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I was hurting. Before I was just mad. I was wanting you to be hurt. And then it got to that point where, and I think that's the whole thing of, of praying and getting God's heart for you instead of just, you know, what did you say for my life to be better? Um, but my life was better because I was closer to Jesus. But for you, you were going downhill more and more and more and more. And I began praying for you like I was praying for myself. I was rebooted. <laughs> the Lord said, if anyone comes after me, deny yourself. Take up your cross, and you were my cross for sure. <laughs> you had a big old fat <laughs> cross, didn't me. you? Woo, it was heavy. Well, but it was worth it. Sunday, we celebrate our 46th wedding anniversary. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. 46 years married. Yeah, and, and now that you've been saved, that part, it's gone fast. Before, it's like, whoa, <laughs> it's me. Whoa, is me. So, yeah, no, but it's, it's been fun. I love my life. So, you want me to do it? I'll have one more reboot. Go, you just boot all you want. Yeah, because right now, she, the lady asked me, you probably just teach three times, but I'm going to be prepared, Pastor Rob, <laughs> just in case. She said, and I'm going to talk to her tomorrow on the phone. So, we got Saul to Paul. Saul, very religious. He thinks he is serving God with all of his heart killing Christians and stuff. I mean, come on, Paul, Saul. And so, you know, he's out on the road, and the Lord has to knock him on his keister and say, you know, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? And so, you know who I am. And so, I'm going to have you go over here with the guys. The fellows are going to take you over here to this little room, and you're not going to be able to see for three days. And in those three days, you're going to say, like Mama Paul will say, reboot and he plugged in and that's when he got saved and when he came out like you say going 180 miles an hour persecuting christians he comes out god just picked him up his legs never stopped moving yep. just turn him around that's right when ananias said you know open your eyes that was the reboot process no, right there brother saw brother saw the, the only thing now this is just a little critique go ahead because i'm writing the notes right here before Saul could be rebooted, okay, he had to get booted. He had so, to get booted. So he's not a good example of reboot. Okay, so shoot, so I got to. And, and, and neither is neither is Nebuchadnezzar. He wasn't booted. Okay. So to be rebooted, you got to be booted. That's so I think true. People ask me, well, Pastor Ron, are you going to retire? He says, I always answer, I'm still working on getting tired. Yeah. But the the idea is we got to connect. Yeah. We've got to be connected to the source. You know, one of the things that always tickles me, and I've used this in messages as illustrations before, Paula, is we go to the airport, and I see people that can't be away from the telephones for an instant. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm the guy with the with the cell phone that never gets below, like, 98%. Yeah, I know, but use my phone, man. <laughs> I'm the Texateri, so don't even. But I always see people trying to plug in to, to oh, yeah. fighting for things and plug in. Mm -hmm. um, well, well, our relationship with Jesus is just like that. Cynthia's call at the beginning of the program today um, is, is, is a good example. You know, she, she, she knows and loves the Lord, but she got some distance. Mm -hmm. Her battery mm -hmm. was on alert. 
and, and, and when we're away from Jesus, we're going to do things. But you see, when we sin, the Bible tells us we have an advocate. And that advocate is for us. He's not against us. Mm-hmm. And all we have to do is take our cord and plug back in. And, and you mentioned this to Cynthia. We, we, we're fully restored. It's not like it takes some time. Okay, you got 10%, I got 12%. Mm-hmm. You know, when our cable TV goes out with a storm, and they oh, say, yeah. we'll be back with you in a moment. And that <laughs> takes like 30 minutes. Um, not with Jesus. You plug in, and you're at full power. Mm-hmm. And that's the way we have to approach our Christian walk. We have to be with them every day, and all day, every day, we got to plug in. And the way we do that is simply saying, Jesus, I know you're here. Let me honor you. I want to be filled with your presence, filled with your spirit. Um, use me now, Lord. And, and you've you got all the power that you ever need. When temptation comes, you're so powered up that you won't give in to temptation. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, mm-hmm. then becomes uh, um, a promise that God has given to you. And, and I think that whole idea of rebooting for for the believer, and you're doing this at a, at a church, mm-hmm. um, is is a concept that we've got to communicate effectively somehow that needs to be done every day. Too many of us, we wake up in the morning and we just sort of go on our own. Uh, even if we have a f- few minutes of devotion, we read our daily bread or whatever the other nonsense is. Um, but we get in our car, we go to work, we don't think about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Turn the radio, we, we, we talk to people, phone calls, whatever it is. Instead of saying, you know, Lord, I've got a 15-minute drive to work. How about I just say how grateful I am for what you've done? Mm-hmm. Lord, I want to be used today. Mm-hmm. At work, there might be somebody who needs to be saved. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I'm available mm-hmm. if you've done the work on somebody's heart. That's what this whole idea of rebooting really is all about. Stay with Jesus. Keep plugged into Jesus. And then he just sort of drags you around by that cord and puts you right in the place that you need to be to, to bring him honor and glory. Okay. So, Pastor Ron, can I use um, Matthew eleven twenty eight for those who may be, like, plugged into the wrong outlet right now, that well, they well, would yeah. unplug from that, and then eleven twenty eight, Jesus says... No, Paul, if they're unplugged, yeah. I mean, if they're plugged into the wrong outlet, yeah. then they're tired and they're worried. That's exactly right. Room. So that's what so it says. So, yeah, that's a good one. That's okay. But, so. but it's not unplugged. It's just if you're not plugged into Jesus, then mm-hmm. then then you're tired and weary. Mm-hmm. But we have believers who, like with our Cynthia, who was away from the Lord, and she needs to, she is now, you know, the Lord says, come to me all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And she was carrying one. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Yeah, the, the better translation, he says, learn from me. Learn from me. And, and, and that, that passage, by the way, is the only autobiographical information we have on Jesus in our Bible. Mm-hmm. That's how he describes himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Learn from me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm humble. Humble and gentle at heart, yeah. yeah. And, and so we want to be like Jesus. Um, we want to come back to Jesus. Remember that he's gentle. Mm-hmm. He's not angry. Mm-hmm. He was never mad at Cynthia. He was never mad at, at, at you or, or anybody when we mess up. Mm-hmm. He just wants us to plug back in. I always think of it. I don't know why he makes a connection. <laughs> but I always think about Adam and Eve trying to cover their sin. Uh, cover their nakedness with fig leaves. Now, we got a fig tree in our yard, yep. and there isn't anything comfortable about those leaves. No. When you go picking into that fig tree, uh, it's sticky, and it's got points. Imagine trying to cover up your private parts with that. Well, that's what we try to do with sin. We try to cover it up with, well, you know, I know I shouldn't have but, or, 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 or because we're too proud to admit what we've done. Um, we're unwilling to admit that we're standing before God naked, shamed, ashamed and naked. We've lost in large part the uh, ability to blush at our sin. Mm-hmm. And when that's the case, when you're justifying things that you're doing, what we need to do is reboot, let God cleanse us completely, and then we need to walk in the power that God provides for us. Okay. We have three minutes, Paul. Oh, Okay. I thought we had a call. Well, he had to hang up. Okay. So, and then let's see. 
when you reboot, you know, it's like uh, when you, you said First John 1, 9, uh, we're again in right standing uh, once again. And so not to sit around and beat yourself up because you sinned, but to get up and begin serving right away. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. And thank you, Lord, for the opportunity um, to serve another. And, Lord, thank you, because people are going to come to me and, and say stuff like, oh, man, I messed up again. And now I can say, yeah, but Jesus wants to forgive you like he's forgiven me. You know, that, that scripture of, um, and I said this Monday night, such were some of you. We all need to remember we were those such were some of you. And not to beat ourselves up, but not to let other people beat themselves up either. Do you love Jesus? Yes. Well, let's go serve him together. Yeah. Stop feeling bad. You've owned your sin. Now yeah. let's walk with Jesus. Yeah. And and when we, we let guilt and condemnation overwhelm us, mm-hmm. um, the enemy is going to use that club to beat us to death. Sure. Sure. And it's like, God could never accept you after all you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, the very thing he's eager to do. I, I, I think of John Mark when I think of rebooting. Mm. He was all excited, a young man. He was all excited and he went out full of, of confidence, self-confidence, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And as soon as it got hard, he ran away and hid. Um, but God certainly rebooted him. Yeah. He, oh, there he, you go. He wanted another chance. God <laughs> rebooted him. And uh, Paul would later be able to say, um, Mark is coming. You've received instructions about him. Honor him. Mm-hmm. And the idea there is, hey, God's rebooted him, so now he's being used again. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the great things, Paul, and we've only got, we're inside a minute. Mm-hmm. I love to see people that have really messed up who when they realize how forgiven they are, mm-hmm. they're so grateful yeah. that they stay connected to that source of power yeah. all the time. Yeah. Ah. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Ron, for your help <laughs> in this, this venture that I'll be on. <laughs> you have been listening to the day-to-day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630, The Word. Ladies, remember our Ladies Fall Luncheon this Saturday. Bring an umbrella. Uh, 10 o'clock. 10.30. 10.30 till 2.30. Mm-hmm. And we'd love to see you there. Goodbye. See you tomorrow. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.